Hello, hello. Welcome to the Happiness Workshop. I'm your host, Pascal. How has your day been? How are you feeling? Have you even taken a moment out of your busy day to ask yourself how you're doing? It's so interesting that when we meet up with a friend or a neighbor, even a coworker, one of the first things we say after hello is some version of how are you? But do you ever stop what you're doing and check in on yourself? I'd love for you to hit the pause button now and grab yourself a sticky note and a pen or even just something to write on for the time being. Okay, now that you're back and ready to write, write this on your sticky note. How am I? It's so simple, right? That's it. How am I? That's all you have to write. When this show is over, I want you to go and tape that question to your bathroom mirror. Then every time you use the bathroom throughout the day, let your note remind you to just check in with yourself. How am I in this moment? How has my day been so far? What is my mood? Is there anything I can do in this moment to improve my day? Have I taken a moment to take a deep breath today? Do I need to stop and drink a glass of water or have a healthy snack? Am I aware of my body and how it's reacting to whatever is happening in my day? Happiness is such a broad topic because happiness itself differs from person to person. What makes you happy might not make me happy and what scares me might just make you ecstatic. So it's important to check in with yourself throughout the day to take stock on your level of happiness, whatever that means to you. Your happiness at work might be different than your happiness at home. Your happiness in the daytime might be different than at night. Whatever happiness in the moment means to you, be sure you're taking a moment to raise your level, to raise your vibration, Because if we don't pay attention to the moments before you know it, you're just unhappy in your whole day. So how can we break it down and shed light on how we as individuals find and recognize our own true happiness? And if we aren't happy, what can we do about it? I say it all the time. No person is happy 100% of the time. That's just not the nature of life, right? So I ask again, if we aren't happy, what can we do about it? My answer is twofold, and I'm going to explain right after a word from our sponsor. I'll be right back. Welcome back. So let's dig right into the physiology of happiness. Have you ever had someone tell you it's all in your mind? Well, it is at least partly in your mind. Part of what makes us happy is in our minds. More to the point, in our brains. The limbic system is buried deep within the brain underneath the cerebral cortex and above the brain stem. The limbic system functions to facilitate memory storage and retrieval, establish emotional states, and link the consciousness, intellectual functions, of the cerebral cortex with the unconscious autonomic functions of the brainstem. It's like a little bridge. 
The limbic system is the part of the brain involved in our behavioral and emotional responses, especially when it comes to behaviors we need for survival, feeding, reproduction, and caring for our young, as well as our fight or flight responses. So what does that mean in terms of happiness? The limbic system is a set of structures in the brain that deals with emotions and memory. It regulates autonomic and endocrine function in response to emotional stimuli and also is involved in reinforcing behavior. So what does that mean? Let's say you have an experience that makes you happy. The limbic system is going to record that memory and the feeling that the experience gave you. When you retrieve that memory, like when you tell your best friend what happened, your limbic system is going to give you the physiologic response that you had in the moment of the event, just by recalling the memory of the event. I'll give you an example from my life. The night my husband proposed to me, he had a car pick us up from our apartment and we went into Boston to see the Nutcracker. Then we were dropped off in Faneuil Hall. That is the place we had our first date. So right in the center of Faneuil Hall, he got down on one knee, pulled out a ring and proposed. I wish I could remember the words he spoke, but I was so overcome with emotion that I have no idea what he said. Now, 22 years later, I obviously said yes. And although I can't remember the words he used, my brain and my body vividly remember the emotion that I felt. The love, the compassion, the joy, euphoria, really. So now think about a time in your life where you felt pure joy. Hit pause if you need to and just sit for a minute or two and recall that moment or that event. Notice the details that are swimming through your mind but also notice the emotions that are coursing through your body. Do you feel excitement, euphoria, joy, love? Maybe tears still come to your eyes when you recall. This is because your beautiful limbic system is at work. It lets you feel the feels even though the moment has passed. Unfortunately, this amazing system also lets you feel the feels even when it isn't a positive memory. If you have experienced a sadness, a tragedy, a loss, or even a trauma, the limbic system will also allow you to feel those memories as well. I'll give you an example of this from my life. Most of you already know that I lost my mom to ovarian cancer, and it was a hard period for our family. It was a really hard loss for all of us. Living 400 miles away from where I grew up, I spent a lot of time on an airplane traveling back and forth to be with her. I had a lot of time in those airports and on those airplanes to think and feel and process. After she passed away, I had all the emotions, of course, sadness, anger, loneliness, but slowly with time, I was able to get back into the rhythm of life. Then one day I happened to drive by the little airport here in Hyannis 
which I might add, I had driven by several times since her past. I don't know what it was about this particular time, but when I saw the airport, I started filling with all the emotions I used to have when I traveled to see her. I can't explain it completely, but in that moment, I felt panic, fear, sadness, loneliness, all the things I used to feel at the other airports. I noticed the feelings, I sat with these feelings, and then I recognized why I was having these feelings. I wasn't traveling, but the emotion that I'd associated with the travel in that time just came flooding back at the mere sight of an airport. Just the recognition of why I was feeling what I was feeling helped me to start feeling better. I remember telling my husband about what had happened and I started to feel even better. So if you have a memory like this with a visceral response, this limbic system response, your fight or flight, it's really important to notice when you have these responses are triggered from memories and to remind yourself that it's just that. It's a memory. It's also very important to talk to someone about it. Sometimes just discussing it with a loved one is enough, but sometimes it's not. Don't be afraid to reach out for professional help from a therapist or a counselor. Being able to process these negative emotions is so important to your mental and emotional health and your mental and emotional well-being. I love that there is less and less stigma around seeking help these days. So what happens if the limbic cortex in your brain is damaged? Not only can you experience a condition called aphasia, which interferes with your ability to speak and or understand language, but you can also have changes in mood, personality, or even impulse control. You can see how damage to this area can absolutely have an effect on your happiness. But what about other systems in your body that have an effect on your true happiness? We've spent all this time talking about the brain, but what about a different system? What about our chakra system? For those who might not have listened to the episode on chakras, your chakra system is made up of different energy centers throughout your body. Each energy center correlates to different things. So think about the universe. Have you ever seen a video of our universe and how the whole thing rotates in a clockwise circle? It always reminds me of the yin or of the yang shape, turning in a circle. This is what you can picture in your mind when you think of one of your energy centers, one of your chakras. They literally are rotating circles of energy. So I'm just gonna go briefly over how each chakra correlates to different emotions. Your root chakra, which is at the base of your spine, is your first chakra, and that correlates to your safety and your security. With this chakra, the emotion of fear can show up as having gastrointestinal problems. Your second chakra, the sacral chakra, relates to your creativity. This is why art and music therapy are so amazing when you're struggling mentally and emotionally. Expressing your creativity helps move the energy 
through those emotions. Your solar plexus chakra is your third chakra, and this is your gut feeling. When you're nervous or anticipatory, you're said to have butterflies in your stomach. Or when you find out some really bad news, you might say you have a pit in your stomach. This is your third chakra. Your fourth chakra or your heart chakra is considered to be the center for the emotions of love and of grief. So that's why if you've ever heard of someone who passes away shortly after their partner passes away, they're said to have died from a broken heart. And if you think about teenagers who are in love, what do they do? They draw hearts on their notebooks or on pieces of paper. That's because they're feeling that emotion in their heart chakra. Your throat chakra is your fifth in the chakra system. And the throat, as you might guess, has to do with expressing your emotions by using your voice. If you aren't saying what needs to be said, or if you feel like you aren't being heard, you might get a sore throat. Or if you're nervous and you can't speak, you're said to have a frog in your throat. If I'm really upset, I open my mouth, but the words are stuck in my throat. I physically cannot say them. And that's because I have a blockage of my throat chakra. The sixth chakra in this system is your third eye. Your third eye chakra relates to what you cannot see with your physical eyes. So maybe you're stressed thinking about a negative situation that has already happened and you get a headache. Have you ever seen someone just put their whole hand on their forehead when they're stressed out? That is because that headache or that stress is relating to their third eye chakra. And then your seventh chakra is called your crown chakra. And this is your connection to your higher power. If you feel lost or you have an experience that feels surreal, you might get a dizzy feeling in your head or you might have a headache right at the top of your head. This is your crown chakra. So I know that this was a quick overview of how each of your seven major chakras relates to different emotions. I encourage you to go back and listen to the episode called Chakra Basics to learn more about and how to balance each one of your seven major chakras. I can do a more in-depth episode in the future, so if you're interested in learning more about your chakras, just shoot me an email or a private message over social media. If there's enough interest, I'll definitely do another episode. So thank you, thank you so much for joining me tonight and tapping into your emotions. Now, the next time that someone tells you, it's all in your mind, you can tell them, not necessarily. As you go through your week, remember that happiness is a workshop and our minds and our chakras are merely tools for our happiness. To continue to grow your happiness, keep moving forward and don't forget to go within. Good night.